Professor Ryan Horvath, Trista Crick here with you. Got another busy night in sports going on. NBA playoffs, the Bucks in the Heat, Game 4, getting ready to tip off in about 15, 20 minutes or so. NHL playoffs, four games tonight, and then a full slate of MLB as well. But we're going to talk some NFL draft now with Shane Hallam, managing partner at Draft Countdown. Uh, at Shane P. Hallam on Twitter. Shane, appreciate you joining us. The big conversation right now is what Houston's going to do at number two. I think everybody expects Bryce Young to go one to Carolina, and then it's fair game with the Texans. So Levis right now is the betting favorite. Do you think that he's going to be the number two pick, whether it's the Texans or somebody else, or would you potentially see it being another quarterback or maybe one of those defensive guys? I just think the odds are in favor of the field over Will Levis, despite him being the favorite. I mean, I think the Texans like Will Levis, but ultimately, from what I'm hearing, they're still interested in the defensive players. Will Anderson, the edge rusher out of Alabama. Tyree Wilson, the edge rusher out of Texas Tech. As well as C.J. Stroud, the quarterback from Ohio State that seems to be cast away that they are still considering him with that number two pick. So, well, you know, with the, the, the plus 600 odds at number two, uh, I would probably bet on Stroud. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me if they go defense and then maybe look to, to maneuver that 12 pick if they really want Levis to maybe move up a couple picks and get him later. I think it's very possible. I want to move off the uh, quarterbacks just really quickly. Who do you think the first wide receiver will be taken in this draft? Because looking at Jackson Smith at Jigbo, who really hasn't played football in a year, he's minus 430. I really like Flowers, the price with him at plus 650. Love Jordan Addison, but I just feel like he's too small and skinny and he's not fast enough. Who would you go with uh, if you were going to take any of these prices? Or who did you just, maybe do you like uh, the most out of these wide receivers? I think for the price, say Flowers is probably the safe bet. He's been tied to the New England Patriots uh, at 14, which could happen. They've definitely been looking at the receiver position pretty hard. We know it's a big need. It's something Bill Belichick has not addressed in the first round for a while. And they like those smaller, kind of explosive, quick twitch receivers over over the JSN slot guys. The only thing that changes that, I think, is the trade today between the Jets and the Packers. Yeah. The Packers jumped two picks specifically to jump the Patriots, which makes me think maybe it could be for Jackson Smith and Jigba so they could get you know ahead of the Patriots, make sure they get their top receiver. Uh, but a plus 650, I I'll take a shot on Zay Flowers still being the first guy. Maybe the Packers take Michael Mayer, another target, the tight end out of Notre Dame for them, and ultimately Flowers goes to the Patriots. We see JSN fall down the board or maybe someone moves up for him later. Where do you think uh, we get Bijan going, and, and do you think he's the only running back taken in the first round? I think we have two. Uh, it seems pretty firmly Jameer Gibbs, the running back out of Alabama, will be taken at some point late in the first. I think it start we start talking about him 19 to Tampa Bay, and then when you start looking at, at 26 to Cincinnati, and maybe even later than that uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles at 30. Bijan's tough. It's a tough placement. I mean, if he doesn't go eight – to the Falcons, which is a possibility. I still don't quite think that happens. Then he starts moving down a little bit. I think we could see maybe some teams move around. Maybe the Eagles move back from 10 and take him. I don't think High Rose would spend the top 10 pick on a running back, but could move down. Um, so I'm kind of thinking eight, or we see Bijan go in that kind of 10 to 15 range with some movement and trades in the first round. Shane, who do you think will be the first defensive player taken in the draft? I think Will Anderson, head and shoulders, is the best one, but a lot of people like Tyree Wilson. I think a lot of the, the issue with the defensive player, more than some of the offensive guys, is just the fit 
right? You don't always have the right defensive player fitting your scheme. And that's where Tyree Wilson has kind of gotten propped up to potentially be the number two pick, maybe number three to Arizona. You know, maybe goes uh, the next couple picks if, if it goes offense, offense, offense. Uh, because he's big, he's long, he's kind of your traditional 4-3 defensive end that can move around, kick inside, do a lot of different things. You know, Will Anderson is a smaller kind of Von Miller type stand-up edge rusher, and not every team likes that style of player, and, and that's what could turn people off. I think Anderson is just so much better than Tyree Wilson when you look at the production. I don't know how a team says, well, Anderson had 17 and a half sacks in the SEC. Tyree Wilson had six in the Big 12. I think I'll take that guy. Like, I still think teams are going to do that. I think ultimately Will Anderson will be the first off the board. Um, but I, I think it might not be it, how we expect it to happen with the Texans at two. It could kind of move things around a little bit. About two and a half weeks ago, Hendon Hooker's position was 24 and a half, and we've seen you know mock, we've seen him mocked all over the place. We've seen him going in the top 10. We've seen him falling into the second round. If he's fully healthy, he probably goes in the first round. Where do you have Hendon Hooker, and where do you think would maybe be a good fit for him? I haven't going around two right now. I, I think we should learn our lesson from last year when we had Malik Willis in the first round and Matt Corral sneaking in the back end, right? You know, we, we were all hyped up on these quarterbacks. So many teams need them. But, uh, you know, what team in the first is going to say, wow, I'll, you know, I'm going to take the 25-year-old with the ACL injury who played in a gimmick offense. I think Ken Hooker's great. I think he could be a great quarterback. Send him a year and, and let him produce. I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I think as a prospect, there's a lot of red flags Let's say I'd rather wait a little bit. I think maybe we look at the second round. The Las Vegas Raiders there at 38 would make a lot of sense to me. They have Jimmy Garoppolo for a year. They don't have to rush Hooker back from the ACL injury. Uh, I think he fits with Josh McDaniels once in a quarterback, a guy that is a little more cerebral but has some athleticism to him. Uh, but that Josh Hypo offense at Tennessee, it's a far away from an NFL offense. I think it's going to scare some teams off. So I, I think we're going to see a lot of mocks with Hendon Hooker in the first round. Mine will not be one of them. I'm looking at some mocks right now on Jalen Carter, and you're looking at the odds in terms of where he could go. Where do you think the best value or long shot value is for, for betting Jalen Carter? He's 40-1 to 1 to be taken fourth overall. Obviously, that doesn't make a ton of sense. Uh, plus 550 to go fifth overall. And four to one to go sixth overall. The Lions. I see some mocks having him go to Chicago, dropping him all the way down to nine. What do, What do you think is the best bet for him? I think probably the best value to me is number five because I think you have a couple possibilities there. I think Seattle could definitely take him. We've heard conflicting reports uh, that he, they're very interested in some. They're not interested at all. Um, I, I think Seattle's a team that kind of goes their own way generally, and it's worked out for them. So I don't think they. I'm not going to say they don't care about some of the off-the-field issues for Jalen Carter, but I don't think it's as big a concern to that organization where they feel like they have the structure with the coaching staff to be able to bring a player in and get him to love football and love the environment and love playing for them. So that's probably where I'm leaning. But I also think a team could move up for him. You know, we've heard the, the rumors of the Steelers maybe moving up to nine, um, but it wouldn't surprise me if you have a team like Philadelphia with a lot of draft capital that says, hey, we, we want to pair Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter up again. Let's move up to five. It won't cost all that much. Um, so I, I think five's a nice spot, even if it's not Seattle. Talking with Shane Hallam here, managing partner, draft countdown, bet MGM tonight. Shane, who is the player in the first round that you think is a perfect fit for a certain team? Like when you do these mocks, if a certain team drafts a certain player, you would be like, yes, love that fit. 
I'll go with a low-hanging fruit to start, and then I'll give one that's not. I mean, Joey Porter Jr. to the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think, is the perfect yeah. fit, right? I, I mean, that that's just a low-hanging fruit when his dad played there. But even more than that, the, the physicality that Joey Porter Jr. brings to the table as a press corner is, is what the Steelers are looking for at the corner position. They haven't had since, like, Taylor. I think they need someone to go up there, knock a receiver around, grab him a little bit, get a flag every once in a while. That's okay. Like, let's make these guys fear the corners and the secondary for the Steelers. I don't think that's happened. Um, I'll give you a, another lesser-known one is uh, Osiris Torrance, the inside lineman, uh, interior lineman guard out of Florida. I think really fits well with the Detroit Lions. When you talk about kind of an ass kicker that can get in the middle, that's going to be tough. I mean, he led the way for Florida's run game. And I think when you look at what Detroit wants to do, it's it's get physical on that offensive side, you know, pass the football, but also have some of those tough touchdowns like we saw Jamal Williams run last year. Now David Montgomery will be running. I think Osiris Torrance fills a need, and at 18 could be a possibility for the Lions. It's a really weak class, I'd say, for linebackers. Maybe we get one in the first round. Who are some of the linebackers that you like? Maybe you could find good value with in some of the later rounds, the third and fourth. I know that we don't really value the inside linebacker position anymore in the league. It's tough. Everyone talks about running back, but the off-ball linebacker has died as well. And look at the safeties in this class have died off as well. Oh, they're so slow. Um, I think... (laughs) <laughs> right, it, it you know it, it is uh, it is definitely a high value position in, in the draft, but the, the off ball linebacker is interesting because Jack Campbell, the linebacker from Iowa, I think has the best shot to go in the first round. Uh, I think he's a plus odds right now to be the first one taken, and he's I mean he is a monster, two forty nine. He's athletic. So I like him. I think the Bills in the back end of the first could be a possibility. But I, I like those day two linebackers. I, I think there's a lot of solid players. Uh, Dayon Henley, the linebacker out of Washington State, is just a really good form tackler, really nice instincts, um, reads the defense well. He's, you know, he's not the most agile player, but uh, can, can, you can explode when he wants to get to a spot and take a good angle. Um, and, and look out for Dorian Williams, the linebacker out of Tulane. Had a really good game against Southern Cal in their bowl game. Uh, he, he is tough, small, but physical. I think if you want a physical linebacker, this is a group that you'll like round three, round four area. I want to know what you think the Giants are going to do at 25. I'm looking at some mocks that they're going to take Jalen Hyatt, but Jalen Hyatt's six feet, and they already have Wandell Robinson. Like, is that a fit to you? Do you feel like they're going to go offensive linemen, or, or do they actually try to find another weapon for Daniel Jones? I don't love the Hyatt fit because, like you said, I think Hyatt played most of his snaps from the slot or or in a heavy stack uh, off to the side to the sideline. It just feels like it would be similar to that Wandale Robinson role. You know, we learned with the Giants draft last year, the, the first draft under shown that they're going to do what they want to do. They're, they're going to take the best fits for their team, no matter what it is. So I think if they go receiver, I think it could be more of a Jordan Addison, uh, who we mentioned before, the wide receiver from Southern Cal. Also small, but Addison played outside, and I think gives them still that kind of uh, small, good route runner that they want on the outside, but is a little bit of a different player from Wondell Robinson. Uh, I think corner's a possibility. Maybe Emmanuel Forbes, the corner out of Mississippi State, uh, 166 pounds, another small guy, but uh, had six pick sixes in his career. He is an absolute ball hawk. I think that's what that defense was lacking, and they want more of those explosive plays, turnovers on defense. That would make a lot of sense to me, too. Uh, I think the Giants are actually a harder team to figure out than uh, a lot of people think right now. 
Are, is there a team, Shane, that you think could trade up that's maybe not for a quarterback, but another position that you, you might think uh, could, could trade up to try and get somebody? I think the Washington Commanders are a team that might trade up. You know, not for a quarterback. You know, I, and it could be one of those situations on draft day. We're sitting there, they move up. We're like, oh, they're moving up for the quarterback, and they take an offensive lineman. Uh, I think that right tackle spot for them is a big need. Uh, I'm hearing some of these offensive tackles might get pushed off the board. Paris Johnson, the offensive tackle from Ohio State, could even go in the top five of the draft, and that might push Broderick Jones, the offensive tackle from Georgia, up to the top ten. And now Washington, I think they like Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle out of Tennessee, the right tackle who stonewalled Will Anderson, but they might have to move up to get there. So if there's one team that I would bet on to move up for a non-quarterback, I think Washington could be that. They have a little bit of draft capital to play with. I think it could work out. Uh, we only got about 60 seconds. Who do you think the team is in the NFC North that could benefit the most here in the next couple weeks, you know, with the NFL draft, the rest of free agency? Uh, now that Rodgers is officially out of the NFC North. Do you think it's Detroit with all that's going on, maybe still Minnesota or uh, the Bears who have a bunch of money and some good picks here? I think the Bears could really be a sneaky team to benefit and maybe even win that division um, you know, if they can develop that team around. DJ Moore, I think, is a great addition. You know, They have the top 10 pick. Uh, I think the Bears are going to really turn into a pretty good squad when we look at the end of the draft. Thank you for agreeing with me. People have been calling me crazy the last couple of weeks on that. I'm a believer. I'm in. Confused. I'm in. <laughs> he yeah. is Shane Allen, managing partner, Draft Countdown. Shane, appreciate the time, man. Enjoy the draft. We'll talk to you again soon. No, thanks for having me. Great stuff there from Shane. NFL Draft coming up on Thursday. Ryan, where does the NFL Draft rank for you amongst, like, favorite days of the year? That Thursday. Favorite sports days. Man. Probably number one because my team never actually plays in the Super Bowl. So I, it's either like number one or number two. Week one's always good. Fresh start to the season. Wow, number one. Trista, how about you? Is it top five? Or no? Yeah, for sure. Okay. I really like the NFL draft. I do too. I like covering it too. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. awesome. You get to interview usually like the a few days before, like Monday, Tuesday, you'll interview the top ten picks or like top ten projected picks. And so you get to meet uh, a lot of cool kids. Like they have really interesting things to say. Like, one of my favorite interviews, like, low-key, was Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver was oh, awesome. Yeah. God, he was he's really such great. a beast at Houston. He's yeah. a big dude. Did, he's a uh, big dude. Really cool dude, too. Did you ever cover it in a city that wasn't New York? Or was it always? Yeah, of course. In... Okay. You did, I, covered like, it in, I covered it in Chicago? Nashville. Okay. Which was awesome. They what? shut down Broadway Street. Yeah. yeah. I covered I it in that. Dallas. So it was at Jerry's World. That's right. It's incredible there too. Oh, they have done it in more cities, I realize. Oh yeah, no, they go to different cities every year. I keep forgetting that. Covered like, it this in year Vegas? Chicago, KC. Yeah. Vegas. That's right. Sick. Oh wow, yeah, you've done a bunch. Which was your favorite? Nashville. Yeah, that looked amazing. That was the Kyler yeah. Murray that draft. That looked unreal. That was the Kyler Murray draft. I had a great time. Kyler Murray, I met him at this uh, like draft sort of media party, and he showed me his uh, draft outfit that Nike was like making for him in school. Did you